This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. Are you guys ready to get this started? I can't hear you, so are you ready to get the show started? Please welcome to the stage the Todd Berry Podcast. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Hey, cell phone's off, all right? I just thought it'd be funny and repeat that again. All right, it's a tight crowd. Sold out show, people. Yeah. You guys excited? Yeah. You guys got to be excited. Gold circle seats. Holy shit. Gold circle, huh? That's pretty good. Only at a podcast festival would the gold circle tickets be like $5 more. (laughs) That is the time to gouge people. You don't just jack it up five bucks. Ten exclusive $20 tickets. Then $85, $15 tickets. It's not the way Gold Circle works. Trust me, I used to tour with Sinatra. Okay. <laughs> Trying to see if I like this crowd. I don't think I do. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's all you needed. That's all you needed. Here's a little scolding. I apologize for that. How do you like my glasses there, all right? Can you tell they're bifocals? Good. That's, I worry about that all day. I had those, what do you call them, the progressives. Couldn't do it. You know what I'm talking about, huh? She's like, oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. This must be fun to listen to at home, me talking about, <laughs> me talking about my glasses. So I, just, just imagine what his glasses look like. Oh, yeah, I see what he's talking about. Well, anyway, folks, we're going to get into it soon, uh, maybe a couple, couple hours. <laughs> just want to run my next hour special and then will you you like that sir don't have one ready okay well folks I'm going to bring up my first guest I thought I was going to do like 15 minutes up front but no I'm cutting that short to get right into the meat of this it's going to be really uh, it's going to be a lot of sparks are going to fly it's going to be like real time with Bill Maher it's going to be like Charlie Rose Show. Probably more like Charlie Rose Show. <laughs> I'm getting more of a Charlie Rose vibe tonight. <laughs> I think you guys are Charlie Rose audience members, huh? I know he doesn't have an audience. Don't correct me. Someone's really excited about correcting me. He doesn't have an audience, actually. Actually, no one was excited about that. Well, folks, please welcome my guest. Oh, look at this. What do you call this? Judges. You had that line ready, didn't you, sir? (laughs) It's the panel of judges made up of all Apple Store Genius Bar employees. (laughs) He sassed me. I had to do that. I had to hit him hard with that. And we're judges. That was mean. I'm just joking, buddy. Do you work at the Apple Store? 
Where do you work? No way. <laughs> what band are you in? Did you really? Yeah. What band? Oh. I know you guys. <laughs> Why aren't you in real estate? This is a hot indie gossip. <laughs> Why aren't you in real estate anymore? Oh. Oh, man. Way to set a negative tone for my whole podcast. So this was, he was fired. He was in a band. That's really fun. He was fired, though. Here's a band where, that's still working. They got loads of gigs booked. Well, I'm sorry about that, man. Maybe the Apple store is hiring. I'm going to find out that. I like the band, though, that you're in, that you were in. I'm not making this any better, am I? <laughs> Please welcome Ira Georgia James Yola Tango, everyone. I don't know. Is this where I should sit? I don't know. Doesn't matter, right? Right? Okay. <laughs> You guys jazzed about this? Have you ever done a podcast entirely? No? Serious? Podcast debut. Seriously? Podcast debut, people. This is like when De Niro wouldn't do talk shows. <laughs> and he did one, and now he does them all the time, I think. It's a very parallel situation. Well, let's get right into it. I think the obvious thing we should start talking about is uh, you guys... Um, Retweeted one of my tweets recently. <laughs> That's very Who runs the account there? James? That'd know. be me. So it was my Philip Glass tweet. Glass, a good one. It was a pretty good one. I'm not going to recite it. I'm not that obnoxious. We're a, uh, that wasn't the first no, couldn't retweet. Have, oh, Todd, no, no, couldn't have possibly been the first retweet of a Todd Barry. Oh, no, no, no. It's just the latest one. Yeah. <laughs> one, uh, well, exactly. Yeah, we don't have, There's another show after ours. <laughs> I don't have time to talk about every time you've retweeted me. <laughs> they would have to cancel the next podcast. But it was a Philip Glass at Whole Foods podcast, if that's not intriguing. Those are your key words when you look it up later. But I was told by a mutual friend of ours, Phil, who saw the tweet, and he said, oh, they have a Philip Glass story also. Oh, I don't know about this one. Really? <laughs> okay. He also mentioned you might not want to talk about it. <laughs> so that was a risky thing to open with. It's a good story. Well, we have our first edit of the it podcast. It's a good story. Are you sure you don't okay, need to it's tell a good story. It is a good story? Yeah. Well, it's okay. You can tell it's it? It's an okay story. Okay. It's only okay. Um, we, we performed at, uh, the, what, what did they call those? The, the Tibet... Concert, and free concert. Yeah. concert. Um, Got ourselves banned from, China. banned from China. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, yes. we can't go. Oh my god. We're we're outlaws. I was going to yeah. see if you were going to open for me there. Yeah. <laughs> can't. Would love to. Can't. I'll get that band lifted. But go ahead. Oh, anyway, <laughs> so um, Thanks. uh, that was a couple of years ago, or I don't know, five years ago, something like that. Anyway, um, not long after that, and we and we we did a whole thing where we had to rehearse and we you know we talked to him and 
I don't know if he you ended spend up quality with... time with Philip Glass. Yeah, if you do okay. one of those Tibetan Freedom shows. There's the pre-show uh, meeting where you discuss repertoire. There's a long rehearsal. There's the sound check, and we spent a lot of. He spent some good time. With yeah. So anyway, um, after that was over, maybe it wasn't long after that. Maybe about a week or two, I went to a. a Film show at uh, Angel Orange Hands, uh-huh. where, the, where there were a bunch of filmmakers and and musicians, and I think people were performing with films. And he was there. He might have been performing. He probably was. I don't even remember. But um, it wasn't. There wasn't a lot. There weren't a lot of people there. But um, I saw him, and I thought, oh, well, we just had this experience with Philip Class. I'll go say hello. So I just walk up to him, and I t- say. Hello, you know, this is, I'm Georgia from Yola Tango. Like, I didn't expect him to recognize me, mm-hmm. but I just thought I'd be polite. And he just looked at me and just went, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, Wait, what? And then so I, I said it again. And then, he, and, then it, and then he went, Thank you again. I'm like, Oh, all right. So he's just used to people coming up going, I really love your work. So I he, guess so. He ices them out with a quick thank you. <laughs> Well, weird. As you do. <laughs> well, now flash, I know what that means. Flash forward. Oh, I like a flash forward. Uh, about six years later, the lobby of the Shibuya XL Hotel in Tokyo, Japan. Uh huh. I'm going to the elevator, and who do I see but Philip Glass and his assistant waiting for the elevator? Uh, no one does that to Georgia, by the way. Nobody does that to Georgia Hubley. So I got right up on Philip Glass. And grabbed his hand and just started pumping his hand. I was like, Philip, it's James from Yola Tango. Do you remember me? How you doing? It's great to see you again. That was so much fun playing with you at that time. It's so great to see you. And I, I may have dislocated his shoulder. And he had this look that, like, he had no idea what was happening and what was going on. And he was terrified out of his mind. So I, I did that to Philip Glass. His arm wasn't to, a sling to when avenge. I saw him at <laughs> Exactly. His arm wasn't a sling when I saw him at Whole Foods. But that's true. But, uh, so did you really... So did he give you the thank you thing also? Oh, no, no, no. He was, he was like running for his life at that point. He was terrified. Thank you for letting go. Yes, thank, no. you for le- thank you for not killing me. I imagine his fans might be a little bit odd, huh? I'm basing that on not knowing one note of his music. When I meet one, I'll let you know. Well, there is, there is only one note. I know, there's one. Yeah. That's uh, what about people, yeah. When I did the tweet, people were like, was he buying the same thing over and over and over and over? <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm repetitive too. I can't be. Uh... Anyway. Well, that's. I got the, uh, the Todd Barry thank you brush off. No way. I did. Oh, yeah. On, uh, on, um, no on McDougal way. Street. The night uh, I went to see you at the Comedy Cellar, and I got there a little early. Let me just cue my editor. This is not going to be in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was last winter, b- about a year ago. And uh, There's no way I would have iced you a year ago. The, uh, well, you, well, All right, I'll let you finish You were story. walking by. I was standing with my, with my nephew, and uh, he goes, oh, look, there's Todd. He's walking by. I went, Todd. And you kind of, without looking, just kind of went, hey, you know. To one of your legions of fans. Oh, okay. And then stop. Wait, no, we actually know each other. Then you couldn't have been more gracious. Okay. <laughs> that would have been cool if I, if I did turn around and go, yeah, I know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been great. I'm trying to go to Dwayne Reed. Why are you buying me? 
Now all the people around the world are going, what's Dwayne Reed? <laughs> oh, that one was too New York. That was too New York. It's I'll, I'll punch in Rite Aid. The international drugstore. Have you, uh, how are you guys? You guys are pretty nice to your, your, uh, your fans, aren't you? I feel like I did a show with you once where a guy wandered into it's the It's not really room. for us to say. Okay. Well, I've seen it, and you're not very nice to <laughs> No, joke. Do you mind when people come up to you? No. It doesn't, it, it doesn't happen that much. After your shows, it happens. Yeah, I guess I, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's nice. I, yeah, I don't. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to form a line right here. Yeah. <laughs> Bring your albums. <laughs> Bring memorabilia. Posters. Whatever you want. Um, well, that's cool. I like the. I'm glad you told the Philip Glass story. Cause yeah, I mean, but he's not going to hear this. Well, maybe he will. Oh, he will when I hand deliver. <laughs> <laughs> The guy lives like a block from hands. I'd be, that'd be an easy drop-off. <laughs> so well, now, now that he got the tweet, he must have an alert so he knows. <laughs> All right. That would be funny if he had a Google alert set up <laughs> for tweets. But uh, no, nah, he didn't write back. Byron Allen wrote back to me recently. The host of Comics Unleashed. Yeah, sure. But let's not make it about me. <laughs> um, where'd you guys eat tonight? No, you guys are sort of, uh, is, would you describe yourself as foodies? Never. I would never use that word. Yeah, I, I could, yeah, actually, I regret using it. <laughs> I regret using it. You like a good meal. We like to eat. That's true. True. Because I feel like this, this neighborhood, you must find something. Well, we like to eat enough that we, did, we haven't eaten yet. You know, you don't want to, like, rush through dinner to then... It's come to my podcast. Do the podcast on a full stomach. So afterwards. Where are we eating then is what I'm asking. That's, that was our question for you. You're going to go to Vanessa's Dumplings across the street? Seems like we. <laughs> seem what the crowd seemed to approve of that. No, because I've toured with you and I, uh, there's always these little detours where it's like, oh yeah, we're going to uh, drive 75 miles west. Cause <laughs> There's a soft serve yogurt place. That's right. No, yogurt. Custard. Come on. It was custard. Yeah. That's right. Well, yogurt was a funnier word. Well, so but now, now that tweaked it a little bit. The Shake Shack is so like gigantic here, but you know, we were all in on the concrete ground floor before. Is that what we had concrete? That's, so that's like a. It was like a stiff milkshake. And where was that? That was in St. Um, Louis. St. Louis. Oh my God. The concrete. And then there was also Hot Chicken. Yes, um, yeah. Nashville named Tennessee. after one of your songs. <laughs> That's right, yeah. yeah. It was a song first, right? <laughs> <laughs> then the whole concept was oh, created. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, did you hear that song? Maybe we should add some hot sauce to chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Guy saying it's like 95 years old. <laughs> yeah, I heard the song, I was listening to college radio. And I, yeah. <laughs> but that is, that was that Prince's Hot Chicken. Outside of Nashville, yeah. Right? yeah, I remember. Like it was like, the people that if you order hot, they're like, you don't want the hot. And so I ordered the medium, and I didn't want the medium. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh man, this shit is hot. Yeah, the yeah. the first time yeah, me and play. James went, we asked they they have an extra hot, and when they found out we hadn't been there, we were 
we even if we had pleaded with them, they weren't going to give it to us. Yeah, they just they probably just going to be like, oh, we're going to have to give their money back, <laughs> <laughs> or they're going to die in front of us. Yeah. What do you get? You get hot there. I'm a medium. You're a medium. Yeah, I've never. I, I've had hot once, once, and and. One spitting, huh? I don't know if I use that expression correctly. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Do you, uh, what, where have you, uh, any uh, new exotic places you've been to? I don't know. I, 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 tend to, I tend to go to places now where just nobody speaks English. Well, that's what I mean by exotic. <laughs> <laughs> well, then yes, a lot. <laughs> So you go to like you go in like the depths of Queens and go to yep. the, oh see I've never done this. I'll take you out sometime. You maybe should. We should maybe after the show. Yeah, let's all go to Queens. I'm busy after, after the show. Yeah. I'll see my apartment's eight seconds from here, but <laughs> <laughs> let's get a nice Uber. Go to Queens. I actually would do that. Do you? Are you like uh, like? Are you like Anthony's? What's Andrew Zimmer and Bourdain like? Or are you like live frog hearts and stuff like that? <laughs> No. <laughs> that was an easy one. Right? Yeah. Like that's, the answer to your question would be no on the live. <laughs> Believe it or not, we, we don't well, eat live we, frog we ate, well, we were eating insects in South America. True, true. They were delicious. On purpose. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I would try insects. They're crunchy looking, right? Yeah. We got a place for it. It's quite delicious. Where's that? Uh, where was that? In San Paulo, San Paulo, right? Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. But, and that, that was a fancy place, which also, you know, that might be where you want to try an ant <laughs> or a grasshopper. What, what was it? was an ant. It was top an ant, level yeah. ant. I feel like the grasshopper shouldn't be like a high-end food. It should be like, that should be like a street food. Do we have grasshopper? I don't know if we've ever had a grasshopper. It was so delicious, though. A really good ant. I think there were two. <laughs> there were two ants on the plate, actually. Free range. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was like a, it was an ant restaurant in, in like Park Slope or something. Oh, yeah, I got a Brooklyn reference in there. That must have hurt for you Brooklyn people. No? You didn't need to respond. Wow, we have a disruptive person in the audience. Not what I was expecting. So you guys just moved into the city, right? Am I allowed to reveal? We did. Well, it's a little late for that. Because I don't... And you live in Brooklyn still? Yeah, yeah. That's, when I heard you guys moved in the city, I was like, oh, my God, that's it's like a huge, isn't it? Yeah, earth shattering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just think Hoboken with you guys. And well, we're still there a lot. Really? Is that where your rehearsal space is? Yeah. Okay. Post office, library. Yeah, we're, yeah post office. <laughs> we're basically availing ourselves of all the free services still from Hoboken <laughs> while we live elsewhere. So if I'm hearing you correctly... You go to Hoboken to go to the post office. There's a really good ATM I like there as well. It's, it's, this is kind of true, actually. Yeah. You have a you have a PO box there, right? Yes. Yeah, that's a nightmare. See, I have a PO box also, and I found that uh, I get a lot of other people's mail. They don't seem to have it figured out the the number system, oh. and I get like other I get like people's checks and stuff. And, then I have to forge them and cash them. <laughs> it is one of the nice things about Hoboken. I mean, they all, they know us. We've been going to that PO. I mean, we, we started, I, 
you may know the story, but we started the P.O. Box when we got hate mail. Send, we used to print our home address. <laughs> got um, not merely hate mail. When was there a time where it was okay to print your home address? That's, well, that's the most. I, I can trace really? it to the day. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Until around 1992. Uh, but it, it was, it was uh, hate speech was employed. It really was like a, right. we got to stop telling people where we live. And you're like, I, I don't want the smell to stop. I would just prefer it in a P.O. box. <laughs> exactly. Well, any, from now on, all anti-Semitic mail, please send it to me. Send it to our P.O. box, and it's all in one place. We can keep it separate from our Best Buy flyers. Do you, so you go, so do you still get a lot of letters, like proper letters? Not so much anymore. We got that one, though. We got one this week. It was very nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got a letter? Tell me about it. It's like a college uh, freshman, right? Writing about his last year of high school. It was, very, it was really sweet. I mean, it was... You know, in terms of uh, your question about being nice to fans, I mean, it's 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 pretty exciting when someone's telling you that, you know, they're they're going through it's heartbreak in high school, and somehow they want to share that with you, and yeah. your your music has soundtrack. I mean, it's 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 an amazing feeling, and and to actually put it in a letter instead of an email is even more. Uh, so it is. It's it's. So did you write back to them? Do you have stationery? <laughs> uh, we we will write back. We have yet to, but we will. Can I write that letter? No. <laughs> no. You should just write back. I wrote yeah. a letter to the monkeys when I was... Uh, did you really? Just a couple weeks ago, actually. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, but but I, I was really shattered. They print their home address, right? They... they <laughs> Yeah, because they, so. they do all live yeah. together. Uh, but when I got the, not even the form letter, but just like the solicitation to join their fan club, I was, I really was shattered. Did you really write a letter to the monkeys? Yeah. When was this, though? Uh, when okay. people were writing letters okay. to the monkeys. I was right there, right in that period. Uh, <laughs> I think you had to either catch them before or after that period. Yeah. <laughs> Then they just yeah, put it back up. Well, Thanks. I didn't have your counsel at the time. What did you get? Did they send you? What did they? Did you get? It was any like response? some eight and a half by eleven uh, picture of them with, you know, an address to send them money. Have you written any other fan letters? I not that I can think of. I mean, it was such a bad experience the first one. Right. Have you ever run into someone you admire and made a? made kind of a fool out of yourself? Definitely. Oh, no, don't look at me. <laughs> what? Don't look at me. <laughs> well, you didn't make a fool of yourself. Oh, yes, I did. Uh, I only... Okay, maybe later I'll tell that story. Wait, I, maybe we're talking about different stories. Oh, what are you talking Gotta about? Gotta tell them both. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, sorry, I had... I was thinking about gonna you... We're gonna fill the time. I Gotta tell them both. Over. You, uh, walking up the street in New York with your sister. Oh, that's good. I mean, yeah, that that's not an embarrassing story. Uh, let's hear it then. Okay. No, no, no. That means not much of a story. But oh. uh, anyway, sorry. Most um, of Georgia's stories begin with that <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> I was with uh, my sister in the mid-70s, I think, or something. Yeah, probably. And um, we were walking down. We were, walk we were actually right near the Whitney Museum on a, um, like a Saturday afternoon. It was really crowded. 
and I turned to say something to my sister, and I looked over, and it was John Lennon that I said it to, and he, you know, looked at me like, "What? Why are you talking to me?" <laughs> you know? But uh, so that's, that's crazy. my John. That's my John Lennon. That's story. a killer story. Yeah, that's pretty good. Do you remember what you said to your sister? <laughs> no, I really don't. I should. Did you ask her remember. if she was in the Beatles? Did you? <laughs> <laughs> I asked her if she hated Paul. <laughs> are you from the Beatles? Man. That's cool. I uh, I once annoyed. Um, this is kind of this is very. Uh, anyone under forty is not going to enjoy this. But uh, I saw Glenn Tilbrook from Squeeze at uh, at, a, at the Gallery Mall in Fort Lauderdale. And in my mind, I always thought he was Chris Difford, and I'm usually good about that kind of thing. So I walked up to him. I was like, oh, you don't see celebs at the in Fort Lauderdale. And he was in a bookstore. He's looking at magazines. So I f- kind of. Kind of followed him into a bookstore. I was young, and this is before I had to deal with this on a daily basis. <laughs> and uh, I walked out, and I go, uh, "Hey!" Uh, I go, "Chris, use Glenn." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "All right, we're off to a ripper or a good start." Huh? And I was like, "Hey, enjoyed your show. Thanks a lot. I'm just looking for something to read on the flight home." But you could see he didn't want to talk to me. And then when I saw that. I decided to linger and try to talk to him more, <laughs> even though he's giving me the signals. But I told him because I'd heard that David Lee Roth stole a magazine from the same bookstore. So I thought I'd share that tidbit with him. <laughs> and he's like, really? <laughs> and then he, uh, then he gets up, he goes, cheers. And I was like, ah. Oh. And not till years later did I realize that I annoyed Glenn Tilbrook from Squeeze. <laughs> I bet he's not thinking about it. You think he's thinking about? <laughs> we'll find out soon enough. Um, what have you guys been doing? Not much. Are you recording? Kind of. We're kind of working on some movie soundtrack stuff oh. right now. That's kind of recording. Is that fun? Yeah. So do you have to? How do? You, I don't even know how you do that. You just watch the movie over and over again. I know. I haven't. <laughs> People are like, Todd, you are so in- entrenched in the film industry. There's n- we're not buying this playing dumb routine. It's like, you know, that Wizard of Oz, Dark Side of the Moon thing. It's, there's really nothing to it. You just no, no, I think there's something to it. But and it fits. Think, you know, it's like here. So what, seriously, so someone says, I want you to do it. Liz, I got all serious. Seriously. <laughs> someone says, I want you to do music for, music for a movie. Do you watch the entire movie first? Or do they go, is it this scene, this scene, this scene? Usually they present the whole movie just because that's a nice thing to do. But it's not like you have to watch the whole movie, I suppose. But we did, in this case, watch the whole movie. Whose movie is it? It's, uh, it's a documentary about Syl Johnson. Oh, the, uh, oh I know who's Sol. making that. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> do tell. Right, Doesn't get really inside. Oh, Michael. Yeah, yeah, Michael. And what about, uh, are you, when's the last time you were on tour? It's been a while now. We did, you know, we did a couple of shows for our anniversary. And oh, so I know. We, uh, now that we're 30-year-old rock band. Uh, but that was just four shows, so that was. Was that a town really hall? A tour. Did two at town hall, and one in D.C., and uh, one in Philadelphia. Remember when All we performed in D.C.? we played with you. I know. Yes. Yeah. Want to tell the big story that happened in D.C.? 
we, uh, yeah, early Todd Barry crowd work. Uh, oh it was somebody uh, <laughs> at the 930 Club standing up front and waiting, waiting not particularly patiently for us and uh, doing a crossword puzzle on the stage. And Todd, at first gently, suggested <laughs> maybe... That's a bad idea. Yeah, I always give people like the opportunity to figure it out themselves, and they never do. Yeah, this guy certainly didn't. But it was yeah, it was pretty stunning to see a guy just like oh, you just, the stage is your desk for the crossword <laughs> during my fucking show, man. Yeah. But that audience was so nice. I remember that audience because I was like, oh my god, there's like a thousand people standing, and they all seemed to get why I was upset, even though none of them could see this. I'll remember well, that forever. Of, he, my memory is he kind of dug a hole for himself. Well, he yeah. said something like... pretty combative. He said something it. like, yeah, you, well, you're not fucking funny. Right. I'll say you have a crossword ready to go in case the comic's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> but the worst... You were doing the crossword before I started telling jokes. <laughs> the worst moment, oh, yeah. uh, or the best moment <laughs> combined, is the 930 Club has a... Uh, which is a great place to play. Uh, they treat the bands very well, and there's a little platform in the backstage area where you can watch the people performing you know away from the riffraff uh, and so George and I were sitting there watching and at some point Todd has just had enough of this guy and he's just like you know you think you're uh, coming here and you're gonna be up front maybe you'll even become friends with the old tango and he's just like but, but you oh, don't I do understand remember this. I do and remember. then he, yeah, then yeah, he points do. to us but, but they're actually watching this and they're laughing at you right now and we're like hi oh, man. <laughs> I thought you'd have my back on that <laughs> well you know we were laughing it was funny but uh, that was I think I actually said they hate you <laughs> you, may, you may well have. and then I think you went out there and you, you said we don't hate you and then I was like, you could have just played along. <laughs> <laughs> guy's not a great guy. You could have yeah. played along. But yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. That's one of my favorite. Uh... She's still laughing at him. Yeah. That was a, a savage beatdown. I've never seen anything like that. I hope I never see anything again like that. I, still I don't think it's going to happen tonight. <laughs> what a... All right, I have a nice little list here. Do, 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 do. Then we're going to bring Wyatt out. Da, da, da. Um, <laughs> reissue of, uh, ex what was it, Extra Pain? Extra Painful. Extra pain. Nice, nice research, Tom. <laughs> and I looked it up on Pitchfork, 9.6. That is a full, like, four points higher than they reviewed one of my albums. <laughs> And it's out of 10, so that's a fucking... It's a much better comedy album, you guys. But <laughs> <laughs> do you... Uh, I, does that excite you? When, I mean, what do you feel about... Because I, I still go to Pitchfork, even though like I'm mad at them for... Like, fuck them. They wouldn't know about comedy. But then I'll hear a band, and I'll look them up. I'll make sure they're on here. And so, okay. Oh, I can like them. I can like them. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bittersweet feeling. I mean, I know I didn't really ask a question. Of course, you're happy. I, I mean, I realize I didn't ask an actual question. <laughs> I, I would, I would, I'm guessing that the three of us combined spend less time on Pitchfork than you do. That's really? my supposition. I thought you were going to say that the 9.6 was 3.2 points each. 
Smart guy, huh? Yeah. I'm pointing at my head for people listening at home. Do you, uh... Okay. Yeah, but they, they only reviewed one of my albums. It's fucking... It's like I got four. They gave up. Yeah. You know, I... You should not let yours be reviewed out of solidarity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we didn't know in our defense. This is the first we're hearing of it, so. Because we don't read Pitchfork. If we had... Well, you didn't really know about the 9.6? No, I, I knew about that. Yeah, we didn't yeah, know yeah. about your review. <laughs> Come on, man. I don't know. I didn't even know about the 9.6. I mean, I did print it out and put it in a frame and, and, and did an email blast about it. But I, nine points, that's phenomenal. But you got to think of like, what? Are, why not 10? Let's just go 10. Yeah. I'm sure does I'm anyone... Does it, I, don't, I, I don't look at Pitchfork very much. Does anyone ever get... I think there's 10? been 10s in the history of... And we didn't get it? Yeah. You should get yourself a nice 5.2. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, well uh, we're done talking about Pitchfork. <laughs> I might delete the entire Pitchfork segment of this podcast. Yeah, they don't deserve my free publicity. You heard me, publicity. <laughs> Are you excited about the spike in sales from being on this podcast? Definitely. That's the only reason we're here. There's a song on there from a Motel 6. I've never stayed in a Motel 6. Have you, have you stayed in Motel 6? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't only stay at fancy places, but for some reason, <laughs> even, <laughs> I've always been like, I don't know about the Motel 6. What are they like? Are they exactly? Ch cheap. Yeah, they're cheap. I haven't been, we haven't stayed in one in a long time. Of course. It's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, I've never stayed in embassy suites either. I think I think the most we. <laughs> I just wanted to show you I wasn't being like oh, no, five five in one room. I think was our record at yeah. the Motel Six. Oh really? Yeah. Now did you have to sneak in or are they? Yeah. Does that? We chose to sneak in. I don't know if we had to, but we thought better to not get caught. Yeah. I don't know if they were out there looking, but uh, it was actually a fairly elaborate caper. But um, what did you do? There were uh, costume changes involved. I feel like I could pull that off without much of an elaborate... It would be like one person checks in and then guys pull around back. And we may have overthought it. I'm not saying we didn't. Yeah. Did you do like Basically, I checked in, but everybody else was in my coat. <laughs> yeah, that's overkill. You didn't need to do that. Didn't need to do that. Well... Let's get one more thing in here. <laughs> I don't know if I'm doing a good job. I think I am. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the guy operating oh. your applause sign is a little slow. <laughs> that is, that's going to be the moment I regret about after. I'm like, did I? Did I don't know if I'm doing a good job. <laughs> oh, they applauded right exactly when any audience would. <laughs> I apologize. I'm gonna, out of respect for you guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull that from the podcast. There's not gonna not be anything left. You're pulling things left <laughs> and right. It'll be one of those short podcasts. Yeah. Now we're gonna. It's it's. There's so far nothing has happened. <laughs> that it's true is worth me going back and listening and <laughs> and editing. <laughs> 
I always think, oh, I'm going to edit these down. And I don't have to listen to them to edit. <laughs> I've got shit to do. <laughs> Is there anything you want to plug? You guys don't seem like pluggers, but let's do it. We're going to be in Missoula, Montana on February 11th. So if I, Seriously? We are. Doing a show? We are doing... We. This is actually the moment in 30 years we probably have less things scheduled than at any time, maybe ever. We have one show lined up, Missoula, Montana, February 11th. We're doing uh, the love song of R. Buckminster Fuller, the live documentary we do with Sam Green uh -huh. at the uh, Big Sky Film Festival. So uh, if you're out there, by all means. Come on by. That sounds fun. It will be fun. I've done a show in Missoula. It's a little rowdy, but I bet the Film Fest is going to have a little different crowd. This will be a return <laughs> engagement for us. Oh, really? Yeah. For the Film Fest? Yeah. They, uh, they drink a lot in Missoula. Oh, well, then we're going to fit right in. I know. That's a little racist, Todd. Racist? <laughs> it was definitely, that was one of the most racist things I've ever heard about. <laughs> There's going to be picketing. Some dude from Missoula with a pint margarita in his hands. <laughs> it's like 5 o'clock in the afternoon. That was racist. It's a perfect Montana accent I just did. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have been in Montana, but it sounds exactly like the way I... Uh... Yola Tango, everyone. Yola Tango. Man. I'm going to plug in a song later and pretend you played on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. <laughs> I'm like, wow, they, they nailed that studio sound <laughs> in a podcast venue. Anyway, I had so many other questions for you, but oh well. You're done? Yeah. What do you got? Okay. Oh, vetoed cover songs. Let's just move on to our next <laughs> I know, that's such a fucking hoity way of phrasing that. Vetoed cover songs. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome from The Daily Show from his new album called, new special called Brooklyn on Netflix. Wyatt Snack, everyone. Wyatt Snack. <laughs> What's up, Wyatt? Hello, Todd. How are you? Oh, I feel like you're mad at me. <laughs> I've never seen you angry with me the whole time I've known you. This is between the two of us. Two. Uh, this is. This will. The next twenty minutes will be great if you want to fall asleep. Why Just is that? Voice-wise, I think that you and I. I got have, all defensive there. <laughs> I know that's no. Just that you and I. If there was a radio station that wanted to have like a late night, like smooth music. They're out there, those radio stations. Why aren't we capitalizing on that? Do you want to do a morning show on a light rock station? <laughs> I don't know if I have the I energy for that. But if, I mean, you know, if, it's... If it's been one of your dreams, then I'll, you know, sure, let's do it. I'm just saying, late night, we play, you know, one of those, like, slow jams like, stations. Uh, who would they, what would they play? Like, uh, oh, who's, who's that Bobby? Not Bobby McFerrin. 
Who's that? There's another guy. Named Bobby? Bobby Brown? Nah. Bobby Darren? No, nah, there's a certain person I'm thinking of. But I will think of four o'clock this morning. <laughs> and then you'll assemble everyone, audience included. You all don't leave until Todd gets back. Who sang On the Wings of Love? Jeffrey Osborne. That's not who I was thinking Thank of, but that'll you. work. Thank you, Jeffrey Osborne. <laughs> Mr. Trivia's here tonight. I was all Jeffrey Osborne. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Guys, in the we can't even see the guy who answered that no, question. No, because it's Jeffrey Osborne. Whoa. Yeah, he's um, a he's a Todd Berry fan. Do people say your people do say that about my voice? They do, people write to me like, oh, I, oh yeah, yeah I, I fall asleep to your podcast. No, it's a compliment. <laughs> you know what else is a compliment? I like your podcast. That's a, that's about. That's that's another angle you could go for. If, you, if, if the compliment is what your motivation was. No, no, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, it's, that means that I listen to it and I, it's not interesting enough to stay awake for. <laughs> you don't seem to have like that kind of... I mean, I guess you're a laid-back dude, though. I, people say I'm a laid-back guy. Do they ask you, like, uh, do you ever get angry? I get that all the time. I do get people who ask me that a lot. And then I get angry at them. <laughs> and you say, that then, question makes me angry. And then they're like, whoa, slow down. We're sorry. I love, yeah, because people ask me, they're like, what do you think? Because like, you've never seen me like screaming like a lunatic? Like, <laughs> you think nothing like injustice or something? Makes well, also, me it says something about what world do you live in where you expect to see everyone furious at right. you? Like, that says more about you, the person asking the question, that's like, Look, I know I'm a monster. Why haven't you lost your shit at me yet? <laughs> like, I haven't seen you get in one bar fight the whole time I've been. Speaking of bars, though, I was talking to you in Brooklyn recently. That's and, right, yes. And, uh, I, I don't think the location matters, but we were... Well, it was a subtle plug for your Netflix special. Oh, well, thank you. Anything to keep the algorithm going. <laughs> I'm all, I... I have a massive effect on people's algorithms. Wonderful, yeah. But I was talking to you and I was saying that I was doing my podcast here at Fontana's and I said, this is the bar, I was at this bar when Obama won the first time. In 2008. And then you came up with an idea for a bar that I thought was pretty brilliant. <laughs> I'd like to say that we came up with it together. All right, well then. Okay. I mean, unless I then go off and actually create this bar, then. No, let's, we'll co-own this. Uh, and host a light rock radio <laughs> <laughs> Well the question I had asked you yeah. When you said You said you'd come here And this is where you were When the president was elected in 2008 And I asked some question To the effect of Were people really upset At the bar Assuming that Fontana's Was a bar where a bunch Of John McCain supporters were going to oh, because you didn't know where it was. In. I didn't know where it was, but also it then prompted a conversation between the two of us, which was if you were in New York City and a Republican who was pulling for McCain and Palin, while you had this bar you could go to to be around other people who presumably a safe voted. Haven. Yeah, who presumably <laughs> voted for Obama and then like yeah. three people who voted for Ron Paul but won't tell you. 
for everyone else, like if you were a McCain supporter, was there a bar that you could go in the way that like if you're a fan of like the University of Michigan, there's a bar you can go to and you can cheer for them or there's bars, there's various bars for various types of people. There aren't bars for like conservatives who want to fuck other conservatives. Yeah, but I think it's also <laughs> I don't know. But don't distance yourself from this bar idea now, I, Todd Barry. I don't remember the whole fuck angle. That was part of it. I was remember that? it being a very clean conversation. But but it was also that it was a it was in a neighborhood that it was sort of that was liberal. That was part of it. It's like is there a little like re, to open a Republican bar in the Lower East Side? Sure. But also to just if you know if you were thinking about like oh what's a business that could sort of separate itself. Oh, here's a bar where all like the TVs are just playing like Fox, Fox News, News yeah. and you know at nine o'clock people can come in and get shit faced and watch Hannity and then like go outside and I yell do love the idea of giant TV. You walk by a bar, there's giant TVs and Hannity's on every. <laughs> <laughs> What's that Hannity bar? Make it really specific. Yeah, Hannity's on is like... <laughs> We're only open when Hannity's on. <laughs> and then for an hour after for discussion. <laughs> As guys in like in blazers, like navy blazers with gold buttons, try to hit on ladies. And yeah, that's they need they need a place to fuck because the like they need their place to fuck just as everyone else does because the last thing you want is like you don't want Tucker Carlson to show up at your hangout and steal all the ladies from you, which he would. Does he still wear a bow tie, Tucker Carlson? I don't know. I don't, I don't hang out with him. I'm just thinking of this as a business. I feel like the audience is judging me as though I'm trying to like sort of convert them to something. But no, this is to keep the Tucker Carlsons out of your bars. I don't even... I, I mean, I think it's just a... It's just a fascinating concept i think it's a i think it's a smart business plan i almost want it started just to see if we could pull it off i think we could what is a liquor license like two hundred eighty thousand dollars <laughs> something like that what do you get paid for this podcast <laughs> I, I mean, very close to that yeah i don't know if i want to go all in with the podcast salary put your podcast money to <laughs> to this bar the stand up money i buy food <laughs> Film and TV rent, and then podcast money. I open a Republican bar on. <laughs> I feel like didn't you have a name for it? Oh, the elephant. That's not the best name. It's not the most like. Oh, that was where'd you come up with that? Yeah. I am confused. Okay. Where where is this where is this bar going to be? You want to put it? Like, I want to put it in a, a neighborhood oh, where there's here. not a lot of not like. Yeah, not, not like, like Madison like, Avenue or something. Where there are plenty of those. Probably more so. Probably, but there are probably a lot of like closeted Republicans that are living in the Lower East Side. I mean, statistically, there's probably one here tonight. There's one in this room. Let's have a witch hunt. Witch hunt. Witch hunt. Witch hunt. And then we'll hiss at them. Hiss. Are there any Republicans here tonight? Yeah. There's two Republicans here, I guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. Too. But uh, do you think it, I think it would work? Well, there'd be like little drink specials. Sure. 
Let's, yeah. let's come up with some drink specials. Oh, right now? Okay. How about, let's go with the elephant again. <laughs> That's, sure. That's... That's the only thing I know about Republicans is the elephant. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have a conservative Cosmo? <laughs> this is some great riffing we're doing. <laughs> or I was doing. Yeah, you're doing a lot of the and work And it wasn't that this. great, let's be real. Yeah. Do you ever, have you ever met any of those Fox people? Um... Not many, no. I've I've only met one. There was a Fox News correspondent that I met. John Oliver and I were shooting a field piece in Rhinebeck, New York, when Chelsea Clinton was getting married. And there was a Fox News correspondent who just like saw us and ran over to us and wanted to take a photo with us and was a fan. And there was something that was so bizarre about that because she was a fan, whereas we were repulsed by her because we had seen her on the network and we're just like, oh no, we don't like we like this isn't a this like we aren't mocking you as like it's not good natured ribbing, like we're actually being mean to you. Why do you yeah. want? <laughs> it's not a comedy. It's we're being mean. Yeah. You want a picture with us? Yeah. We're shitting on you. You really want a photo? We... Who was this? Can you say? I, I can't remember her name. Okay. I, I, I wish I could. She... You just remember you hate her. <laughs> well, I think just, I, I, yeah, there was something at that time where I feel like I saw her do something. She was not, she was not uh, a starter, if you were to talk about it as a team. She was not on the starting five of Fox News people. She was like a... You know, she came in... It's like she, Sunday morning. If, you know... You know what? Saturday morning. Let's do Saturday morning. <laughs> morning. Yeah, Sunday morning is actually big for... I know. It's I, big I can, for I, news, I, yeah. I, uh, I corrected myself. Yeah. In front of a capacity crowd. <laughs> they all witnessed me. There'll be a lot of tweaking to this one, man. I'm going to have to go Juice through Juice the laughter on it. <laughs> Because I'm dying. No, you're not dying. You're not dying. It's a mellow crowd. Oh. Well, fucking pick it up, assholes. It's very... It's very... This is what helps me sleep at night. If I want silence, I could just stay in my apartment. I did not come here to just be looked at like a bunch of cats. I could do that in my home. This is an 8 o'clock Sunday podcast crowd. They're not going to be like beer steins in the air going... A podcast. That's not what I show up to Fontana's for. I show up to Fontana's for beer steins. Beer stein Sunday. I don't think I've ever used the word stein in my life. I mean, except for like a Jewish thing. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm saying a Jewish person's name. You use it well. You wear wear it well. You can really tell the difference between like someone who's really Jewish, the way they say stein. Okay. See, I think that was really funny, and there's nothing about That's, yeah, I'm no. Gonna, I think it's the crowd, man. Oh, no, I'm, trust me, I'm, I'm going to be ice neuro- them out. I'm going to be neurotic about this for the next 24 hours. I'm going to ice them out like Philip Glass. <laughs> Smart. Yeah, I just Philip Glassed you guys. <laughs> wow, look at the way I tied it all together. Huh? Yeah, that's called like a callback. That's a, is, that is what it's called. Yeah. Now, your specials on Netflix, Brooklyn. That's true. Those are facts. Filmed it. At, I like you filmed it at Union Hall. I like that. I did. Yeah. Small place. Yeah. Small place that I was comfortable at. I know. That was. I feel like 
I feel like so many times when you make a stand-up special, they encourage you to shoot it in a big venue, which is a place that you don't play that often. Like, let's put you in front of a thousand people, right. even though you probably play to a thousand people 10 to 20% of the shows you do in a year. And it, to me, in that way, it felt like, oh, that's not what seeing a comedy show would be like. Right. It's a much smaller, usually more intimate venue, so why don't I shoot it in a venue that I actually do shows in? They do that large thing. Someone even told me why they do it in always new theaters, because they like that sweeping audience shot with sure. a crane. Yeah. No, that's a great, it's, like, it's a great shot. It's like whatever you saved on that, by not hiring that crane, put it in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine what it costs to rent a crane, but it's be some money that I could do something with. It's... But it's also a very strange thing because it's it, at that point, who's that crane shot for? Like, if you're a person watching a stand up special on your television, does that crane shot, what is that message that is sending to you? Is it sending to you as a viewer, like, oh, wow, that person can afford a crane? Well, <laughs> or I guess the are they thing, funny? The good thing is, it'd be like, oh, my God, Todd Barry draws a thousand people at his shows. I, I better buy tickets right away for. In theory, yeah. For his show at the 125 seater he's doing. <laughs> well, that's in theory, yeah. I think that's the point. But then it's it feels like, okay, you're just proving you can assemble a thousand people. That doesn't necessarily have to be funny. And people aren't necessarily buying into what you're saying as much as they're buying into the spectacle that you can create. And so that's why, for me, it made sense to go smaller. I like that. Yeah. That's... What I tell myself. I mean, it's cool that you can't fill a thousand seater like I can, but it's, I can. If you give me enough time, worse if me, you give just, me uh, give me like about six months run up, and I can get <laughs> six months run up in a Kickstarter campaign. Do you ever give to a Kickstarter? I don't think I've given to one Kickstarter in my life. I've given to some Kickstarters. Have you? Yeah. It's hard to decide, you know, because when you get thirteen emails a day from Kickstarter, you're like, sure. Well, do I give me all a buck? I think that's also the that's also one of the things about having a lot of friends in creative fields that you are you you probably get way more kickstarters from people that you know whether through comedy or through touring or anything like that just the worlds you run in where yeah you get more kickstarters than say my little brother who I don't think, you know... He I heard your brother donates between fifteen and 20000 a year. To... <laughs> That's true, he does. He funded one of my favorite web series. No, just my favorite. <laughs> Let me find out your brother. How old's your brother? Uh, he is 35. Oh, okay. That would have been funny if he was like eight or something. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been... Sorry. Had I known he was 35, I would have been like... That was bad improv on my part. <laughs> this, that was some... Probably the worst improv of the... Yeah. Since the, of this taping. No, that's... That's horrible. Have you ever done improv? I did, yeah. Where'd you do it? Like with UCB or something? Uh, yeah, when I was in LA, I did improv with the Upright Citizens Brigade and with Improv Olympic out there. Oh, so you were an actual improv person? I did a fair amount of it, yeah. I think I, maybe I did know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was pretty okay at it. Why'd you stop? It was one of those things that I enjoyed, but I think... It's so much of it is built on sort of trust and uh, 
sharing and those Ugh. are things I'm not good at. <laughs> and Ooh. so I throw think, up over here. Yeah. For me, I just I more enjoyed. I enjoyed. I I, I felt like I got a lot out of it from a learning aspect, and uh, and I had a lot of fun, and I, I learned as far as writing things. But uh, being on stage, doing stand up was the thing that I was that was closer to me. Right. I saw you the other night, and you were like, and I had I had one set, and when I sometimes have more than that, and I was and I was like, oh, it's weird having just. Uh, one set, and, and uh, I wasn't saying it in a jury and like throwing it in. No, you had more sets than me that night, so it wasn't like, oh, it's only one year. But I way over explained that. Sure. <laughs> I over explained it, and it's still not clear what I said. <laughs> <laughs> to to over explain someone and have it be less understandable than when before I over explained. <laughs> but what I was saying, but you said you were, you were taking weekends off, and I was telling you how it's so when I, when I have a weekend off, I feel like I don't even know what to do. It's weird. Right. Because yeah. New York, you're like, oh, is this what happens on the weekends? Just a bunch of shitheads running around screaming? Right. But you also live in the Lower East Side where there are a lot of shitheads running around. Hey, way to reveal where I live. Uh, I thought you already did that I when know, know, you mentioned you live eight I seconds know, from know, here, but you were going to go to Queens for food. I can make it to Central Park West in eight seconds. That's right. I forgot that this bar is in a blimp. <laughs> I can make it to Park Avenue. Have you ever met anyone in your life who lives on Park Avenue? I don't think I've met one person. I, That's like a whole other world, isn't it? I did go once to a house party that I think was on Park Avenue. It was right. Is Park Avenue the one that runs along where the museums are? Or is that a different street? I don't. Does no one. Are you all alive? <laughs> Where are who? What street is that? That's uh. That sounds like Fifth Avenue. Fifth, thank you, person over there. Uh, the rest of you, pick it. There's up. zoning laws that they don't allow museums on Park Avenue. I don't. I, it's too much riffraff. Yeah. So then I've never been to a party on Park Avenue. To answer your question, no. And now, the audience just saw that I can get mad. I've never seen anyone that angry in my life. <laughs> Not just you, but literally the angriest I've ever seen a human being in my life. I'm horrified right now. We I'm only sorry. have a few minutes left. Let's talk about Brooklyn, the special, and Brooklyn, the borough. Okay. Sure. How long have you lived in Brooklyn? Uh, I've been there now uh, five years. Oh, has it been five years? Yeah, but I would spend a lot of time there as a kid because my grandmother lived there, so that was my connection to it. Okay. Because I was going to bust you. I was going to say, like, you named your special Brooklyn. You lived there, like, two weeks. <laughs> but it's five years, which is substantial. <laughs> well, it was part of it was because there were a lot of stories that took place I there. Know, so, why not yeah. call it Brooks Kids? That sounds cool. Eh, it was, I'm not good at titles. The first Titles one, are hard. They are. I called the first one Comedy Person because I couldn't think of a title. <laughs> I called this one Brooklyn. And God forbid if I have to think of a name for a third one. Actually, when I saw Extra Painful, I was like, oh, man, I wish I would have thought of that. But you can't copyright titles, so it's all, I'm all over it. Nice. You can tell I'm in show business because I know you can't copyright titles. It's a very sexy fact I just laid upon you. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys go to a cocktail party after. Uh, yeah, I don't think you can copyright a title. I mean, there will. Holy shit. 
we we were not allowed to use a title for a record because it someone else had used it for a movie. We wanted to name a record after a movie. You want to call your album Jaws? <laughs> I'm not saying it was a good title. I'm just saying <laughs> Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. You want to... <laughs> I think they did you a favor by not letting <laughs> Well, I don't think you can... Cause it's no, they, like, will, they, will, they will sort of check on stuff like that. They might be, it might be a thing where they would fight it even though they're, there's no grounds to fight it, maybe, if they're like a big mega company. No, I mean, I remember with my first album, they, they did run the name. And actually, this one, too, they did like a lawyer just wanted to make sure that there was nothing else that had the name so that, uh, yeah, I couldn't get sued or something like that. So there's no one has ever mentioned Brooklyn in a time? I think just as a word, yeah, there's not like a Boz Skaggs album called Brooklyn. <laughs> it's actually his best album. <laughs> what a weird, what you thought was a hypothetical. Yeah, no. It's actually Boz Skaggs' best album. <laughs> I think that's the funniest thing I've said tonight. No, that was a, that was a good one. That was, that was, a, that was a good one. Um, <laughs> do you miss Manhattan at all? No, I, I did not enjoy it. I lived in Manhattan for a year, and I did not enjoy it. Because I, I, I think for me, part of it, I spent a lot of time in Brooklyn as a kid, and so that felt very familiar. Whereas Manhattan, I don't know, I, it always felt like if I wasn't doing something in Manhattan, there was something wrong with me. Because there was just so much stuff going on all the time. And I just, there was the stress of, you should be outside doing cocaine. Yeah. And so I did a lot of cocaine. Oh, I don't do cocaine, but I'm pretty sure it's not something done outside very often. It's not that how I, I did that it. That much I know about cocaine. It's not, <laughs> not how I did it. Uh, here's a nice breeze. Let's go outside and do some cocaine. Yeah. On the, on the high line, just yeah, just living it up. I love that. I don't want to live in Manhattan because everyone's outside doing cocaine. It's not like Brooklyn where there's no one outside doing cocaine. Look, this is the platform I'm running on for borough president. With. Keep cocaine indoors. <laughs> We don't want to be like Manhattan. In Manhattan, they're doing cocaine anywhere. Look at that guy on that seesaw doing cocaine. See that hot dog cart? They're just doing cocaine. <laughs> oh, my God. That was great. Yeah, that was fun. Um, I think we only have like a minute left. Jeremy, oh, okay. Minute? I, yeah, I don't want to fuck over the next person. No, that's cool. And Class I, act. That's very nice of you. I also, I got to get out of here soon. Um, I started uh, working with this band, Real Estate. Um, <laughs> we have rehearsal. Wyatt Snag, everybody. Yola Tango. Thanks for coming out. See you later. Thank you very much.
This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.